to our time together today as we study God's Word. We're beginning this week. I want to talk to you about how we can make a difference in the world around us, reaching out to others, and or it could be called building bridges of love. And I want to read from the book of Matthew. Jesus said this, you're the salt of the earth. This is Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on, a, on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In that same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. I want to talk to you about building bridges across from us to others who need Christ and who need his love and who need his concern. And uh, just, just uh, to kind of get us thinking, uh, in 1851, there was an accomplished engineer named James Roblin who was trying to build a bridge over the Niagara River Gorge. And it was, uh, everybody predicted he couldn't do it. The sheer mathematics of the thing, it was 820 feet across, 200 feet straight down. And the numbers paled in comparison to the sheer power and raging terror of the place. And Roebling's proposed site was just upstream from the Great Niagara Falls, where up to 37.4 million gallons of water per minute fall into the gorge. From there, the rushing water had cut a deep abscess with a series of savage rapids before ending in a whirlpool. And it was kind of a no-man's land. And across such a chasm, they wanted to build a bridge so that trains could cross. Now, although spans had been bridged before across big places like the Ohio River, the Niagara River was different. No girders or bridge supports could be used. They, would, they wouldn't survive going down into the waters, the surging waters that were so powerful. So the only possibility was a suspension bridge. And suspension bridges had been built in Europe, but they hadn't worked before long, they had, they had failed. And so nobody thought he could do it. They said the chasm was simply too great. But Roblin believed he could bridge the gap. He did, and a successful bridge was built. Now, Jesus Christ was a bridge builder. He built a bridge across time and across space and across sin and across skepticism and across hostility to reach us when we were where we were. That's the challenge that we have as his followers today. We must rediscover our role as bridge builders. We cannot be satisfied to stand on one side of the chasm that divides us from the world and shout to those on the other side. Like Jesus, we must build a bridge of love and cross over. We must connect. During the next week, I want us to just simply think of this important task of somehow crossing over to where other people are who need Christ. We're asking that we just focus, I'm asking that we just focus on that and that we simply seek to get to other people around us. And I think to do that, we need to think like Jesus if we're going to build bridges of love. We, we first need to understand his purpose for his church. He said in John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. There's some wrong concepts that we build up in our minds about the church that we have to dispense with if we're going to build bridges. 
First, a lot of people think of the church as a fortress where we hide and isolate ourselves and get away from the evil, sinful world. But we cannot be a Christian club which simply tries to keep our members happy. That's not the purpose of the church. We cannot be self-focused on our own needs. Bill Hull said once, can we save the evangelical church? He wrote an article about it. And he said the average church in America exists for itself, to, just for itself, just for the people who are in it. People are preoccupied with themselves, their concern and their needs and their facilities. But Jesus said we're to be salt and we're to be light. And salt, if it doesn't use, becomes worthless. And light, if it doesn't shine, doesn't make any difference. So he's calling us to build bridges that make a difference. Now, to others, the church is kind of a battering ram. It's our job to blast the world and tell them how terrible they are and how sinful they are and how they need to get right with God. But there's a place for preaching the truth, but that's not the kind of thing that's going to bring people to Christ. To others, it's just a big survival. That's our goal as a church, just to survive. But that always brings death if you're just trying to survive. We've got to develop the right concept that as a church, as Christians, as believers, our purpose is to build a bridge to hurting people in a broken world. It's God's, God's plan. That's why he said, that's why Jesus said he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life and as a ransom for many. Uh, I read the other day about Robert Lewis, who is a pastor, and I, I like what he said. He said, uh, it, it took me half of my ministry to figure out how we really can reach other people. He said, I thought by hurling verbal hand grenades concerning sin and wrongdoing into the world, the shrapnel would rattle sinners back to their senses. To me, jabbing and stabbing the world with the sword of what I considered impeccable logic and reasoning backed by God's word and a dash of holy anger was the way to turn the world around. In those days, I never built much of a bridge into the world. And like many churches, we advertised in personally inviting the uninitiated to seek us out. The community felt our hot breath concerning issues that were going on. But after years, it dawned on me that, I, that that was not the way Jesus did it. He didn't burn bridges. He built bridges. As I analyzed the problem, Lewis said, I realized that my first error was in trying to convince a postmodern world of truth when it rejects truth, especially when it's presented from a distance. In our culture, nothing is regarded as completely right or completely wrong. Increasingly, truth is consistently and wrongly defined as a matter of one's preference or perspective if, if it exists at all. And so it's a, it's a call for us to to grasp what Robert grasped. It took him half of his ministry to see that the purpose of his preaching and teaching and his church was to build bridges to those around them. And that's what God's calling us to do as individuals and as a church. That is our task. That is what God wants from each one of us. We must experience Christ's love for hurting people. Jesus loved and served people, all kinds of people. He had compassion on the multitudes because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And in verse 15 of Luke, from verse 2 of chapter 15 of Luke, the Bible says, this, they said of him, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And he did because he cared about all people. Luke 19.10, he declares the Son of Man came to seek and to save the ones who are lost. So he's calling us to show love as we reach across 
the barriers between us and other people. We're going to pick that up tomorrow. I hope you'll be with me. God bless you. Have a great day.